There is a right and wrong, and everyone knows it. Pastor Ed Taylor explains. No matter what people say, people know the difference between what is right and wrong. Now, some people have burned their conscience. Some people have ignored their conscience. Some people have suppressed their conscience. Some people don't care about right and wrong. But the reality is, is that every human being on the face of the planet has been born with an innate sense of what is right and what is wrong. This is amazing grace. You've heard the saying, let your conscience be your guide. It's good advice that stood the test of time, but begs the question, where does the conscience come from? Evolution? Is that even possible? And then what about those who don't obey their conscience? Will they be held accountable? And then what about those with a tender conscience and know they've done wrong? Can they be forgiven? We'll get some answers to these questions today on Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. As we continue in Romans chapter 1, we'll discover God has given two great lights, the light of creation and the light of conscience. Pastor Ed begins with the prevailing darkness in the world. God has revealed himself to a dark and depraved earth. That's the earth that we live on. It is dark and depraved and getting darker and more depraved. Things are not moving forward and upward and we're getting better. Things are moving downward and farther away from God and things are getting worse. From time to time, you may meet someone and say, oh, no, no, things are getting better. Things are not getting better. As a matter of fact, chapter one of Romans, chapter one and two, shows us a downward spiral of man, of how far man has fallen. It's only when a man and a woman gives his life to Jesus Christ that things start to look up. When cities get turned right side up and when you see God revealing himself, which he does, think of it in the context of a dark and depraved world, even more personally, a dark and depraved life. You ever go down to the caves in Colorado Springs that called the caves of the wind, cave of the winds? You go down a little tour there. I mean, wouldn't it be cool that all caves had little rails and lights in them? I mean, that would be pretty cool. You go in, you walk through, you see all the things hanging, stalagmites. I don't even know which one is which, but you know what I'm talking about, those things hanging up there. Then they'll take you to a place down in the middle, and they'll say, okay, for those of you that are not afraid of the dark, stay here. If you're afraid of the dark, get out as fast as you can. And so you kind of get left with a group of people, and what do they do? But they turn all the lights out, and it's pretty dark. I mean, it's dark. It's a kind of darkness that you can feel. It's like you can have, you could feel the heat of your hands. You know people are there. You could, it is eerie to be in that kind of darkness. But in that kind of darkness, the smallest spark lights the whole room up. You don't need to put a bonfire in there. Just a little spark in everything. Your eyes immediately adjust and you see it. Well, think of it now in the darkness of this world. God has shed his light in this world for every human being to see. And Paul mentions two of them here. And then as you go through, he mentions the third as we'll walk through. And so what about those that have never heard? Well, let's ask the question, what have they done with the light that they've received? Okay, now go back to Romans 1. 
It says, for since, verse 20, the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even as eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Light number one that every human being has seen is the light of creation. Every single human being, whether they live in the city or in the deepest, darkest jungle, can be able to see creation and come to the same conclusion, I didn't do this. I didn't do it. And I couldn't do it. And I can't duplicate it. There is someone or something much larger than me that has created this beautiful jungle, the beautiful sunset. Do you've been watching the sunsets lately? I was out on my patio last night just hanging out as the sun was setting. And I mean, who but our precious Heavenly Father could paint the sky like that, man? Those beautiful colors. And I mean, it is just, it blows me away. It, it, it's unbelievably beautiful. As the mountain's majesty speak of our precious, loving Heavenly Father. The colors of the skies, the oranges and the purples and the reds, the clouds, everything about creation cries of a creator that loves us. Cicero, a pagan philosopher, wrote in the early 100s BC, listen, I quote, when we lift our eyes to the heavens, what can be more manifest and more obvious than there must be a supreme intelligence by whom we are governed? Even pagan philosophers can recognize that there's a creator. The psalmist said as much. Flip back to Psalm 19 for a minute. Psalm 19. I want to cover all of this. This is such an important piece here. Psalm 19. Look at verse 1. Let's read this together. You guys ready? Ready? The heavens declare... And the firmament shows his handiwork. Day unto day utters speech, and night unto night reveals knowledge. Isn't that great? Creation speaks. And who does creation speak of? A creator. Everybody has the light of creation. So Satan being sly and Satan being a schemer, what does he do? He says, you know, it's going to be really important to get rid of this light in people's lives. Because if people respond to this light, then they're going to draw closer to God. So why don't we just develop something, maybe a theory. Maybe I can inspire some man to create a theory that it completely eliminates God from the picture of creation. You know, maybe we can get it taught not as a theory, but if we say the lie multiple times, people will might start believing it. And what does he call that lie? But the theory of evolution. There is no God. Oh yeah, you know, we know how creation started. There was a big bang. That's what it was. Have you ever seen a big bang create order? I haven't. You know, when even when I was a little kid with little firecrackers. By the way, kids, that's against the law. Do not use firecrackers. But even when I was a kid, as a little disclaimer, firecrackers create chaos, don't they? They create things that just, they go all over the place. It wasn't a big bang. Well, okay, here's another one. Maybe you don't believe in the big bang, but there was this slime, you know. It was just out there. We don't know exactly where it was. Floating slime. And as it was floating, a little eyeball came up. And I mean, we chuckle, don't we? Because we know the truth of the scriptures. But guys, that's being taught to our kids right now as truth and as fact. They've created a whole new species of man as if man is just some dumb animal that walks hunched over, some Neanderthal beating his wife with a club and can rolling, you know, come on, honey, and grabbing his hair. I mean, Adam and Eve were super smart, both of them, super smart. 
God created human beings with intelligence. They were created in his image. And so let's douse the light, Satan says. And let's not just let it be a theory. Let's teach it as truth. But the truth is, in the beginning, God created the most important words in the scripture. You can believe Genesis 1-1. The rest of the Bible will be a breeze. Because my God can do wonderful and awesome things that can even excel my logic and my understanding that my God is a lot smarter than me. And I'm glad. I'm glad that my God knows me and loves me. The Bible says that we are created by God. Listen, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Evolution says we're here by accident or fate or some cosmic explosive power. So we're not created in the image anymore of a perfect loving God, but rather of just an animal. That's it. Just live like animals. You're just an animal. You're just another animal. Monkeys are your uncles and all that stuff. You're just another animal. So live on the animal plane. But the Bible says you're not an accident. The Bible says there is purpose in your life. The Bible says that you're not here to live on the animal level, but you're here to please God, the creator. You see, the light of creation comes to everyone. You might, as Paul says, suppress the truth. You might try to explain it away. You might try to replace it with these theories. Without God, evolution teaches us there's really no life after death either. So go ahead and live for yourself here. Don't worry about the afterlife. Don't worry. It's all just here. And you live for yourself. So make up your own laws. Make up your own rules. You know, whatever goes for you. As long as, I mean, how many times have you heard this? I'm going to do what I want as long as I'm not hurting anyone. Well, who's the judge of whether you're hurting anyone or not? You? You certainly don't see every reaction of every action that you take. But God, he says, if you live this way, you'll be a blessing, not only to me, but to your fellow man. He says, if you abide in me, Jesus says, I'll abide in you. And how do we abide in Jesus? But by lovingly obeying him and in obedience, loving our neighbor. We love God. We love our neighbor. And we're not the end of all. God is the end. And he sent his only son so that we might have a relationship with him. And so God has given every man the light of creation, but man has darkened it with the light of evolution. It's a lie. You take a creation away, and then you begin to undo society. You take a creator away, then people are taught that they're just animals. Then they'll go out and live like animals. And they'll go out and treat each other like animals. They'll treat the human life as nothing. It's just an animal's life. It's no big deal. The mountain's majesty, they remind us of God, don't they? The blue skies, the water that floats above our heads. Can you imagine how much water is above us? moving around. Uh, One day I want to look at it in depth of what it would take in manpower to move that kind of water by trucks and, you know, to move that kind of water to get it where we need it to go. But God, he just, hey, clouds, that's my idea, clouds, you know. (laughs) I could take care of it, the whole hydrological system. It was my idea, God says. And we say amen to it. Otherwise, we would be just a dry desert, wouldn't we? Thirsty and in trouble. I love it. I love God. Well, that's the first light. The second light, notice, is in verse 21. And we'll put these together, verse 21. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. If you jump back into verse 19, it says, because of what was maybe known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them, And then jump over to verse 15 of chapter 2. We have the light of creation. Then we also have the light of conscience, 
says, who show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness and between themselves and their thoughts accusing or excusing them. The second light is God has given is an internal light. The first light is an external light, creation. Everybody sees creation. The second light that God gives is an internal light, and that is a man and a woman's conscience. That's the innate understanding of the difference between right and wrong. No matter what people say, people know the difference between what is right and wrong. Now, some people have burned their conscience. Some people have ignored their conscience. Some people have suppressed their conscience. Some people don't care about right and wrong. But the reality is, is that every human being on the face of the planet has been born with an innate sense of what is right and what is wrong. Let's take our example with the question, what about those that have never heard? And let's say we come to this deep, dark jungle that's never been inhabited except by two tribes. Tribe A on one side, and then a mile away is tribe B. So they're living in their tribes, they're living their lives on either side of the jungle. And one night, tribe A says, you know what, it's boring here. We know a mile away from here, tribe B is over there. Why don't we just go over there and destroy them? Let's burn all their huts. Let's steal all their stuff and we'll run away and have a great time. So they decide, let's go do it. So one night they get up, they sneak over, they destroy the whole place. They steal all their stuff. They go back and have a party, right? Try B is there. What do you think they're going to start thinking? What do you think? What do you think their response is going to be? Anybody? Retribution, what else? Revenge, a little angry. Why? Why would they think revenge? Why would they want to get back? Why would they make a decision to go back and say, we're going to do this to them? You know why? Because they know it's just plain wrong. What they did, what happened to them? How did they know it was wrong? Who taught them that? Nobody's ever visited them. Nobody's ever brought the gospel to them. Nobody's ever, you know why? Because God dropped it in their heart, the difference between right and wrong. They're without excuse. They're without excuse in relation to the light of creation and the light of their own conscience. All of us have it. The Bible teaches us that the Holy Spirit uses our conscience to convict us, John chapter 8. The Bible teaches us that the Holy Spirit is used to confirm in us, Acts chapter 23. The Bible teaches that the Holy Spirit uses our conscience to reveal God's righteous judgment in us, Romans chapter 2, verses 14 through 16. But Paul says man does not glorify God. He's not thankful. So his mind becomes empty and his foolish heart is darkened. And so one who has the light of creation comes the light of conscience. And those two things, depending on how you respond to the light, will determine the direction of your life. And do you know it's to those two things that then God reveals a third light? A third light is given. You know what that light is? The light of Jesus Christ. You have the light of creation everyone sees. The light of conscience everyone sees until finally the light of Christ shines upon their hearts Look back at John chapter 1 with me. John's gospel chapter 1. The light of Jesus Christ. So what about those that have never heard? Well, my answer to them, let me rephrase it. They have heard and they do hear and they continue to hear. God has revealed himself to them. And if they choose to follow the light before them, they will come to Christ. Notice verse 9. That was the true light, speaking of Jesus, which gives light to who? You guys ready? That was the true light which gives light to every man who comes into the world. Does that include those that have never heard? Yes, it does. 
Jesus Christ gives light. He was in the world and the world was made through him and the world did not know him. He came to his own and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. You want to get those studies we studied out on Thursday night. The light of Jesus Christ comes. Let's go back to that deep, dark jungle, okay? Just you and me, we're all in there. We're back to back and we're lost. The only tools that we have are machetes. You've got one and I've got one and we're stuck. We're lost. It's the same kind of darkness that we felt in the cave. But we've made a decision. You know what? We're going to get out of here. So this is what we need to do. We'll go back to back and I'll take my machete and I'll cut through the vines going that way. You cut through the vines going that way. And as soon as one of us see any spark of light, we'll yell to one another and we'll follow the light. Okay. And you say, okay, let's do it. So cut, cut, cut for hours, cut, cut, cut until finally you say, hey, Ed, there's a small little pinpoint of light. I think I found the way out. Now, I'll tell you what. The way I respond to what you just said will determine whether I lose my life or not. Because if I believe you and I say, yes, I believe there's light, let's go together and cut our way out. As we cut our way out, you think we'll find more light or less light? More. We'll cut through. This is a little uh, responsive here. I want you guys to stay with me because this is important. (laughs) If we cut through that light together, we're going to find more light till eventually we're out of the jungle. However, if I choose to say, forget you, man, I know it's on this side. And I think what you're seeing, it's a hallucination. You're really not seeing what you're seeing. Then I've taken my life into my own hands. I've suppressed the truth that you've shared with me. And I will be without excuse when the consequence comes upon my life. That's what happens to those that suppress the light of creation. That's what happens to those that suppress the light of conscience, which eventually will then suppress the light of Jesus Christ in their life. What about those that have never heard? Listen, guys, they hear every day. That's the answer. That's the theological answer. That is a simple answer that Paul says that everyone's without excuse. But the real question is really this, isn't it? What about those of you that don't live way out in the middle of nowhere, but the ones of you that have the Bible on your lap and Bible study on the radio, and you can hear the gospel any day, every day in a thousand different ways. What about you? See, what about you that now not only do you have the light of creation? Yes, the light of a conscience. Yes. But now I've shared with you that Jesus Christ, he loves you so much that he laid his life down for you. He died so that you might live. What will you do now with the offer of salvation that Jesus has made to you that he died a sinless death, rose again the third day so that by faith in him, his righteousness becomes your righteousness and now you have a right relationship with God? That's the question. And some of you here today, or you might be tuning in on the radio or your CD gets popped into your lap and some of you are listening, you're like, you know, that's me. I've been using that same question, Pastor Ed, as an excuse all these years. I've got a few other questions that I've been using as excuses, but now I realize I'm without excuse. There are going to be no excuses to a righteous judge who laid down his righteous life and rose again in righteousness and holiness that says, I've made every way possible for you to be right with me. Will you surrender and believe the truth? And some of you need to make that decision to receive the love of Jesus Christ. Have you heard from creation? Follow it. Do you hear your own conscience? Listen to it. And if you do, we know that God will reveal his son to you. 
and to them. And as he's revealed, a good decision will be made. The whole world is held accountable to God because God has placed eternity into the heart of every person. And there's ample evidence of a creator, even though it might be pressed down and pushed down. One more thing. In the question, what about the pygmies? What about those that have never heard? What about those in the deepest, darkest jungles of the Amazon? What happens with them? Well, I'd ask you, have you ever heard of the Nukak Meku tribe? Me either. <laughs> I see all your faces. What? Who are they? I've never heard of them either. They lived in the deepest, darkest jungles of the Amazon. I was reading a magazine not too long ago in May, and it came across this story. It just blew me away. Listen, a group of 80 of them from this tribe recently emerged from the Amazon jungle, where they and their ancestors have lived in primitive splendor for thousands of years. They announced that they were ready to join the civilized world. They're a lot smarter than we give them credit for, aren't they? where they assess their life. Listen, listen, with the Marxist guerrillas constantly harassing them and cocaine dealers continually giving them trouble, they said that they were tired of spending all day searching for food and coming home only to fight all night and get no rest. And so they decided, you know what? We're done with the jungle life. We want to live in the city. There's a lot of things going on in this world that we don't know anything about. And I'll tell you what, the Nukak tribe, and every other tribe that might be living in some kind of beautiful splendor apart from civilization, God will hold accountable for what they know and what's been revealed to them. And here's a group that figured out how, how to get out and knew exactly where to go. They interviewed one. His name was Ma Bay. They tell a New York Times reporter, we want to stay near where they say the Colombian government will help us live lives among the other city folk. And may God also use the Christians in that town to share the light of Jesus Christ with them as they've come out into civilization that they might make a decision based on the knowledge that they have. They've already know all about creation. They already know all about their conscience. And now the light of Jesus Christ can be shed abroad in their hearts. What about you? Those in the deep, dark jungle, they have a choice. So do you. But you and I, we have the full revealed word of God in our hands telling us that we must be born again. You know what it says. You understand the conviction of sin. You know the difference between right or wrong. So what is exactly that's holding you back from surrendering to your loving creator who sent his only begotten son to die for you? What's holding you back too, Christian friends, from sharing the gospel with your neighbor and your friends and your coworkers? Is it a little bit of fear? Is it a little bit of trepidation? Are you a little shy or timid? Well, listen, if you pray for boldness and clarity, God will use you in a mighty way. And through your friendship, you can be there to be a tangible touch of Jesus Christ. That through your life, many people will be saved and brought into the kingdom of God. Amazing stuff, huh? Questions aren't that hard after all. A little bit of study, a little bit of comparing of scriptures, and you can find that our God, he's a very smart, very intelligent, very wonderful, loving creator who has given answers. And I know we can come to the conclusions with all these theological answers, but the reality is simply this. Always remember any of the kind of resistance and fight that you might get from sharing Jesus Christ with someone, don't let them take you off target. It always has been, it always will be, and it is today all about Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's the message that we have. And it's in that message that God does a wonderful work and brings people to faith. Amen? Amen. 
comforting truth Pastor Ed Taylor assures us of on the third great light, the light of Christ, that provides the answer for those convicted by the light of creation and conscience. If you've yet to come out of the darkness into the light, And before we leave you, we want to also invite you to tune in again next time right here for more in Romans on Abounding Grace. If you've enjoyed the message, hear it again online at AboundingGraceRadio.com. That's AboundingGraceRadio.com. And if you haven't already, download our free app. That way you can listen to our program right there on your phone or tablet. Search for Calvary Church Aurora. At Abounding Grace, we're committed to bringing the truths of God's Word to the radio every day. But we can't do it alone. We look to our listeners to help us provide these daily studies. And today, when you give a donation of $25 or more, be sure to request Jesus Revolution by Greg Laurie and Ellen Vaughn. You'll be encouraged as you hear how God transformed an unlikely generation and how He can most certainly do it again. Call us right now at 877-30-GRACE, and we'll gladly take your request. That's 877-30-GRACE. Then join us next time when we'll pick up where we left off in Romans here on Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church Colorado here in Aurora.